Let's open our Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 4 and uh, put our cell phones on vibrate. I forgot mine. Let me give you a second here. You do yours while I'm doing mine. Luke chapter 4. This is uh, one of the great dramatic events in Scripture. We have really nothing that compares with the significance of this clash between good and evil since the Garden of Eden when Satan first deceived Adam and Eve. Now, Jesus is in a different kind of place. He's in the wilderness facing the tempter. The outcome is quite different this time as Jesus deals with Satan and with temptation in the proper way, giving us a model for how we might face the temptations in our lives and also the confidence that Jesus truly has overcome the evil one. How many of you have been tempted at some time in your life? How many of you have been tempted recently? I I won't ask how recently, but we know if we walk with Christ... We will be tempted. We have to face evil and the evil one. Dwight L. Moody used to say, as long as you're walking through life in agreement with the devil, you will find no resistance. It's when you stop and turn and go the opposite way towards God that the battle begins. And isn't that true? If you're saying that you never struggle with any kind of temptation in your life, then (laughs) I'm concerned Because we face the evil one. There is tribulation in this world. You know, uh, there there are some Christians who have uh, promoted a kind of teaching which is that as a Christian, you eventually come to the place where you are so fully sanctified that you are totally beyond sin. Have you heard that teaching? There is a holiness teaching that goes along those lines. And the problem is... No one has ever lived it out to be an example of that teaching in practice. True. If that is the case, then why does there continue to be sin and temptation in the life of that person who claims complete holiness? There even comes a kind of spiritual pride and vulnerability in that attitude, which leads to a greater fall. You know, as we see what happened between Jesus and Satan in the wilderness, we realize how important it is for us to humble ourselves before God and really know that if we are to have the victory that God wants to place in our hearts, we really have to respond to sin and temptation the Lord's way. Martin Luther used to talk about it this way. He said that when I accepted Christ, when I made Him the Lord of my life, he said... When temptation came and knocked at my door, I would ask Jesus, go to the door and tell him that I wasn't home. Hey, that's a pretty practical principle, isn't it? Instead of going yourself in your own righteousness and say, okay, Satan, I'm ready. Whatever you want to try, I'm ready. No, to realize that without Christ as Lord of my life, I have no hope, no power over temptation. I would rather send Jesus to the door rather than go myself. How about you? And know that if Jesus is Lord of my life, He can preserve me 
in the day of temptation. Well, let's look at this story. Such a dramatic uh, 14 verses here that we should be encouraged that God really knows how to take care of his children. Verse 4, Luke chapter, uh, verse 1 of Luke chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, that's important, right? Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. What just happened at the Jordan? He was just baptized in water. Where he went to the desert for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, here is the first act in this incredible drama of good and evil. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live by bread alone. Act 2, verse 5. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. Act 3. Then the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Wow. (laughs) What an incredible event. The conflict of good and evil and Jesus our Savior overcoming Satan and evil. Why did this even happen? Why was it necessary? You know, if Jesus truly was the Son of God and fully man, He had to face temptation. He had to overcome that temptation in order to purchase our salvation and to give us a model of how we are to respond to sin and to evil when it appears. Such a contrast in the Garden of Eden when Satan so skillfully deceived Adam and Eve into partaking of the fruit that was forbidden and how they they took that which they were told not to take and then they lost their relationship with God. They were removed from the garden and all of human history has experienced the suffering and loss of that sin. Here, Jesus faced the same tempter and overcame him. Isn't it significant that the scripture says that right after Jesus was baptized, he was led into the wilderness and there he was tempted. It says that he was full of the Holy Spirit. Now, we we see right away that Jesus is 
empowered by the Holy Spirit and by the Word in the way that he confronts Satan. Is that important for us? Jesus said that we must worship him in spirit and in truth. To be full of the Spirit and to be full of the Word is the only way we can truly be prepared to overcome the tempter. We see that as Jesus was there in that difficult place, in that wilderness where he suffered without food or rest, 40 days, tempted by Satan, we realize that he came to a place of weakness. Now, a couple of practical observations here. You know, Jesus' baptism was a high point in his life up to that point. To be baptized in water and to hear the voice from heaven, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, and then immediately he's led out into the wilderness. Now, we always want God to lead us to green pastures, right? To, to still waters. Yet the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. And there's a pattern here that we as Christians need to learn from. Doesn't it seem like just as we receive a great blessing or a great answer to prayer or a great breakthrough spiritually that Satan is right there to tempt and to test and try to steal away whatever it is that God has given us. Notice that it was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus out into the wilderness, not to leave him there, but to be with him and lead him through that wilderness journey onto life. And so we know that as surely as we face that temptation and trial, the Lord is with us, leading us through. And he has a greater purpose, a greater purpose than we realize when the testing and the temptation starts. Well, I want us to look at certain factors in this story and make some application and then look at specifically at these three temptations and how it's important for us to know that God gives us all that we need in order to overcome the temptation when it comes. There are some incredible promises regarding temptation, encouragements from the Bible that I want to read to you as we begin this. And uh, if you don't have a list of scriptures written in your Bible or someplace that you can quote when the temptation comes, these are good verses to add to your list. If you haven't started one, start one this morning. If you've already got one, make sure these verses are on it. The first one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. Have you quoted this one? There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape. Amen and amen. How many of you know that, according to this promise, that God will never allow us to be tempted above that which we are able to bear? Well, then why do some people fall? Why do some people yield? Well, we have to know that there is a place of choice in the response of every believer in that situation of temptation. God makes provision, but we must choose His provision over the temptation. But we need to re receive encouragement knowing that God knows what's up ahead. He's prepared us for it. Have you ever noticed that some people are tempted by things that you're not tempted at all by? And that you may be tempted by things that others are not. It's a very 
personal, individual experience. And to know that God has given me exactly what I need to overcome the temptations that I will face. I look at some people with certain types of temptations and I say, I am so grateful that I'm not there to have to face those things. And we realize that God gives each individual what is needed by that individual to overcome. And the promise is that we will overcome. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 18 says, For in that he himself had suffered being tempted, he is able to sustain those who are tempted. He knows. We see the temptation that he went through in the wilderness and we, know, we realize he understands how we feel. The kind of pressure that we're under. He knows our weakness and we can be comforted by that fact. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, My, my brothers, count it all joy when you fall into many different types of temptation knowing this, that the trying of your life works patience. Temptation, a source of joy? How many of you are so spiritual that you pray all the time that God will give you more temptations and trials and difficulties? No. They just kind of come without asking, don't they? I don't ask for any more. But I know that through however many come, there is the provision of God to overcome them. And James says, this is a source of joy, knowing that God gives me everything I need to get through and to overcome. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised those that love Him. There's a promise. Endure, and you will receive the crown of life that God promises those who endure. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, The Lord knows how, deliver, how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust for the day of judgment to be punished. Wow. God knows how to deliver His children. And He also knows how to bring justice for those who seem to be getting away with too much. Do you ever look at people and say, Man, how can that person be getting away with all of that? Well, God has a way of helping you in your heart to realize that's not your business. Your business is your soul, your righteousness, not that of someone else. And realize this, God is never ultimately mocked. His justice shall ultimately prevail. Well, there are several verses that I hope are helpful. And I would encourage you to study the scripture, to prepare yourself in the word, to face that temptation when it comes. Okay, now, let's get back to the story of Christ in the wilderness and see what's happening here. There's a lesson here about the timing that God has in the way He helps us with temptation. The timing of how Jesus was baptized immediately went out into the wilderness. The 40-day period, immediately after the 40-day period, moving into His ministry, and we realize this is all part of God's timing in order for our preparation for greater spiritual responsibility. Are you grateful for God's timing? How many of you would just like a break once in a while? This is too much. Uh, God, I need a vacation. Just, Lord, just put me someplace quiet for a while. And God says, no, 
I know just exactly what you need at this time. You know, I found that when I want to go, God says, stop. When I want to stop, he says, go. And his timing is important for everything. He doesn't wait until you're ready. He wants you to respond when he's ready. And so it was with Christ and how he was led through this challenging period. God's timing may seem immediate. It may seem inconvenient. It may even cause us to lose our balance for a while. But realize God knows what he's doing. He knows just when it needs to be done. Second thing I want us to notice, the territory of the wilderness and how harsh it was, how difficult it was physically to endure and how we realize that we may be in very difficult circumstances and that's when we tend to be vulnerable to temptation, when we're tired, when we're sick, when we're worn out, when we're under great pressure. God understands, God knows it. Have you, have you noticed that Satan doesn't have a way of coming around when you're really strong and on top of things and really feeling solid in your faith? He waits for those moments of weakness. And we realize that Jesus endured the territory for the purpose of completing his test, overcoming evil, and moving forward in the ministry that God had called him to. <clears throat> Third thing I want you to see is... The absolute treachery of Satan in the way he's dealing with Christ. What is treachery? It's the ability to take truth and manipulate it for the harm or the destruction of another. Satan was a master at this, always has been a master of this. And true treachery is a terrible thing when it appears. I remember the, uh, the book Peace Child. <clears throat> The missionary who went to Indonesia and was there working with this uh, tribe of natives who had really been so overcome in their culture with evil and treachery that when finally the missionary <clears throat> came to the point where he was explaining how Jesus had been betrayed by Judas, they got interested in the character of Judas and when Judas betrayed Christ, they laughed and thought that Judas was the hero. The treachery of their culture came out in the way they responded to that story. We think, how could it be that someone would read that story and see Judas as the hero? Well, if you value treachery as a culture and the evil in that society at that time was so great that, that their values were completely upside down. But the kind of treachery that Satan is involved in, in destroying us, is a real thing. How many of you know that Satan just frankly wants to destroy you? Wants to destroy your family, everything good in your life. We have to realize that only God can protect us from the danger involved with, with his attack and his influence. We need to realize that Satan is a... A fierce and dangerous force in this world. And as surely as Jesus faced him and overcame him, we must also. The fourth thing I want us to see is the testimony that came as Jesus overcame the temptation. And here we see a testimony of righteousness and a testimony of redemption. 
The fact that Jesus was tempted, but he did not yield to sin. And have you realized as a Christian by now, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to yield to temptation. There's something, there's a place in your will. It's a secret place that only you and God know where there is a, has to be a willful yielding for there to be sin. We're all tempted every day. But we, are, we have not sinned simply because we have been tempted. Christ himself was tempted. And here the testimony of his righteousness. And then the testimony of redemption that when we fail it's the forgiveness of Christ. It's the blood which covers our sin, which encourages us with the fact that we can go on and go forward because of God's grace. That's one of the things I like about uh, CR, Celebrate Recovery. It's all about redemption. (laughs) It's all about a testimony of God's grace and His sufficiency. It's, It's being honest with God and one another about our failures. And you know, all of us as Christians need that. We need to be able to confess our sins to God. We need to be open with other people about our need. And we need to realize that God's grace is sufficient and our testimony of redemption continues. It's also a testimony of the power of the Word and the Spirit of God in the life of the believer. Where it's not because we're so smart that we can outsmart the devil and his evil devices. It's because of the Word of God which we've hid in our heart and the Spirit of God that enables us to make the right choice. And then finally, what do we see here? We see the teaching. The teaching that comes out of our lives. Psalm 51. David is talking about his own struggle with sin and his confession and his repentance. And he says to the Lord, Lord, as... You help me with this sin. As you forgive me and you cleanse me, then I will teach other sinners your ways. That's the instruction that comes from a life that has been yielded and cleansed and redeemed. And we have the example of Christ. And we have the message of every believer who has gone through temptation, knowing that there is a lesson of wisdom that surely comes. Well... How do we respond to this? The three temptations. I want us to look at them now and see how clearly, how important it is for us to understand that these truly are the the approaches that Satan uses in each of our lives. You know, we live with temptation every day. We see it. Uh, I was thinking about a little boy who was in the store looking at some peanut butter cookies on the counter. And he was staring at them, and the shopkeeper noticed he was looking at the cookies, and he came up and said, What are you doing, young man? And he said, Oh, nothing. And he says, Well, I think you are. He says, I think you're trying to take one of my cookies. And the little boy said, No, sir, I'm trying not to take one of your cookies. (laughs) That's the way temptation works, doesn't it? It doesn't take much effort to yield to sin. The effort is in not yielding to sin. And so it is whenever we face evil. There's a great uh, story called uh, The Devil and Daniel Webster, written by Washington Irving. I, I first read it in high school. How many of you are familiar with that story? About a farmer who 
was having a very difficult time taking care of his family. And he lost his crops and was about to lose his house. And he began to think, I would do anything to save my farm and my family. And then guess who appears? But Scratch was his name in the story. The devil who said, you can have it all and more than you ever wanted if I can have your soul. And in a moment of weakness, uh, Daniel, uh, not Daniel Webster, but the farmer commits his soul to the devil. And then immediately he begins to become prosperous. And you see him as he's prospering in his farm and in the community. And first he loses his integrity. Second, he loses his family. And third, he loses his soul. And the story goes that Daniel Webster showed up. He was a famous uh, attorney in the colonial times. And he defended this farmer and got his soul back from the devil. And, of course, that's all fiction. But the picture of the farmer willing to sacrifice everything important for that which was temporal is such a lesson to all of us. And we realize that that which we do in the temporal is nothing compared to that which is done in the eternal. Well... Let me mention these three temptations, and I'm going to come back next week and continue with this overcoming temptation. And I want you to study this more deeply and come to some personal convictions regarding how God wants you to be able to face temptation when it comes. What were the three temptations? Well, we see the first one where... The devil said to Jesus, turn this stone into bread or use your power to create food to take care of your hunger. What's that about? That's about the temptation to do our own thing, to misuse God's power, to go beyond the will of God to satisfy a need of the flesh. And we all know That type of temptation as it appears in our lives. Second temptation. He led him up to a high place and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth. And said to him, I will give you all authority. I give you the splendor of all these kingdoms. Because it's mine to give you. If you will, what? Bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. This is the temptation to go the easy way, to have power and success in this life. It's really an invitation for Jesus to to go a different direction than the cross, to take a shortcut to the kingdom. We realize that there will always appear to be the shortcut or the easy way that we need to resist. And then finally, as the devil led him to Jerusalem to stand on the highest point of the temple, he said, throw yourself down from here and the angels will pick you up. And Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord God to the test. And Satan is quoting the promise in Psalm 91 that that Jesus would be protected by the Father and the angels. And Jesus knew that he was being tempted to put God to the test 
and he refused to do so. That's the temptation which comes where we are really wanting God to prove himself to us in some visible way where we say, God, if you really want me to be saved, well then, give me a sign. Or if you really want me to do this or that, prove yourself in this way. And we're told very clearly in Scripture that we should not test God. We should trust God and know that however God moves in our lives and according to His authority to accept that rather than to try to get God to yield to our requests and our expectations in that way. Well, there's a lot more here that I want us to look at. Let me summarize and make a final, <clears throat> a final application. We are all facing temptation every day of our lives. <laughs> we all need God's grace in His Word and His Spirit to overcome that temptation. It is wise for us to go to the Scripture to see how Jesus overcame Satan and realize that this is the only way, the only way that God has really given us to be victorious. And where we have failed in sin, we know His promise that as we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God wants us to be victorious and He gives us the grace and all the resources that we need to have that victory which is His. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for what we see in Christ in terms of this incredible victory We are so very grateful, O Lord, that you do not allow us to be tempted above that which we are able to bear. Help us even this morning to recommit ourselves to you and the way that you would have us to respond to everything in this world that would draw us away from your kingdom. Help us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And as we respond to the the word this morning, how many of you say that you really need more help from God in terms of facing and overcoming temptation. We just need to yield ourselves to the Lord and ask Him for His help, and we'll do that. If there's anyone here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and would like to, please come forward. We'll take the time to talk with you and pray with you and help you in your relationship with God. The altar is open for those who would like to stay and to pray. Let's be encouraged that God is able to carry us through. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Father, we thank you as we humble ourselves before you in response to your word. And we need help in understanding and overcoming and resisting temptation. Lord, help us. Help us through your word. Help us through your spirit. Help us through the fellowship of believers. Help us, O God, to be practical in the way that we obey. Lord, as we leave this place this morning, help us to know that we have your blessing in our lives to overcome. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.